Uninvisible is a support podcast that provides information, ideas, suggestions, and experiences that deal squarely with medical issues that present unique advocacy issues for individuals. We do not provide medical advice of any kind. We do provide support, concepts, ideas, discussions, and information you can use to make sure that you are being heard and that your concerns are being addressed. Please consult with your physician for any medical issue that you are facing, but we will be here for you along your journey. We welcome all comments about our episodes and, of course, the correction of any errors. Information and comments that you send to us are governed by our Terms of Service and Privacy Policy, which are available on our website, located at www.uninvisiblepod.com. The opinions expressed by guests are their own and are not necessarily the opinion of Uninvisible or the show sponsors. Most of all, we welcome your stories and experiences to share with our community, because without you, this community and the benefit it offers all of us would not exist. Any advertising that you may hear is accepted without regard to our editorial content. Of course, in the event that you are having a medical emergency of any kind, consult your physician or emergency services. Welcome to Uninvisible. I'm your host, Lauren Friedman, and I'm here with my guests to bring you info, insights, and inspiration for coping with, diagnosing, and treating invisible illness. We're here oversharing, so you don't have to struggle with invisibility anymore. Thanks for joining us today, guys. I've brought back a familiar guest, <laughs> Calliope Sukalis. Um, she's a nutrition and wellness coach at the Vitality Health Center in Santa Monica. And she's here to talk to us about something real specific today. <laughs> Calliope knows all about IBS. Um, so Calliope, can you tell us about what IBS is, how it's affected you? Um, cause it seems to me like it's kind of a general like catch all, right? Is it one of those ones that doctors still don't really have a handle on? That's true. Yeah. And thanks for having me back. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Very happy to have you here. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of the frustrating thing is they don't know a lot about irritable bowel syndrome. Um, and there's types that some people suffer from constipation. Some people suffer more from diarrhea. So it's really, and it's categorized as a syndrome, not a disease. Hmm. Um, but there's a gas bloating that has to do with poor digestion. Sometimes it's sluggish. Sometimes it moves too fast through the system. Um, so they're still studying it, mm. but there's no real specific handle on the root cause of it. And that's why oftentimes when people are struggling with a lot of those uh, bowel issues, it will get categorized that way. So it does feel very general and it, it can be very frustrating for that reason. Yeah. And it seems like, I mean, because certainly when we talk to people who have all different kinds of illnesses, right, mm. they're going to have symptoms that that are very similar to what you hear about for IBS symptoms. Absolutely. Um, so in terms of root causes, it sounds like it could really be any number of things depending on who you are and what you're experiencing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And everyone has different sensitivities that trigger it. So uh, oftentimes with autoimmune diseases and IBS specifically, there's these triggers that'll cause an episode where it feels like, nothing that you do really sets it back on track and mm. you're kind of going through this phase of what should I eat? What shouldn't I eat? How much sleep? How do I manage my stress? And it can start to feel like you're doing so many things at once that it does 
eventually get back on track, but who knows what was the one thing that really That's managed it. Yeah. Yeah. So did you end up in the health field because of your own experiences with IBS? Most likely. I mean, I was always an athlete. So from a very young age, I was into athletics. I ran track. I swam, um, you know, played sports. So that was something that always interested me. Uh, and always being really connected to my body, which probably came from IBS because I, if I look back at it now, I can remember having belly aches when I was like three, four years old, when mm-hmm. I was having my milk every night, because that oh, was the boy. big thing to have your warm milk every night. Oh, boy. And Gary and I don't get along, but who <laughs> knew that back then? Right. So I remember like crying and getting belly rubs from my dad because I was in so much pain. But they didn't know milk was supposed to be this good thing that helped you grow and gave you calcium. And some people are fine with dairy, but totally. Some of us yeah. are not. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, my older brother was fine. So it was like, who knew what the situation was? But I do also feel like that connected me to my body more hmm. um, because I was just so aware of everything that was going on with me, feeling all those sensations. Um, so originally it started more in the fitness side. And then it swung back um, to more of the nutrition because that's really – although exercise does help with IBS and other um, you know, diseases like that and helps with digestion, I found that, you know, diet is really like 75% of it. Interesting. Um, okay. Balanced with other things like yeah. <laughs> the exercise, the stress, the emotional aspect of it. They're obviously all like really major factors. Um, but – I think food is the one thing we can control a little bit more. Mm. Um, so it's always good to have a handle on what your food sensitivities are so that you can eliminate or limit those things and really focus on higher quality products too, which makes a big difference. Right. And I'm sure depending on where people live, there's greater access to, you know, certain yeah. kinds of high quality, organic, sure. non-GMO, all that kind of thing, depending on whether you've got a local Whole Foods or a farmer's market, right? Yeah. We're really lucky here in LA to have yeah. all the farmers. <laughs> I mean, every day of the week, yeah. multiple times a day. I mean, we were really blessed to have a really good selection of high quality produce and mm-hmm. meats as well. Um, so it's just about knowing what your options are. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the, you know, the clean 15 and the dirty dozen lists are really good things. To, what are those? Tell us about um, those. On the EWG.org, they have a list. Um, so the, the dirty dozen is a list of 12 items that generally speaking, really high, you know, pesticides, toxins that you want to stay away from. And you mm-hmm. should pretty much always buy organic. Um, and then the clean 15 list is 15 items that are generally grown in a cleaner environment and don't have the toxic load that you might find in other fruits and vegetables. Hmm. So if you can't buy all of your produce organic or you can't access it or afford it, those are safer to eat standard. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, so just backtracking a mm-hmm. bit to, mm-hmm. you were talking a bit about yeah. being a kid and like your yeah. dad rubbing your belly when you had yeah. belly aches. <laughs> when and how did you first realize that you had an actual digestive problem? It mostly became prevalent in high school. Hmm. I remember my stomach just blowing up. Like I would look pregnant hmm. and so uncomfortable, like so much gas and bloating 
And mine is with constipation. So like none of it would really move out of my body. And I would Mm. just, I would feel stuck. I would feel heavy. And then I would feel sluggish. I wasn't sleeping as well. And of course, I've learned so much more about how all these things are connected much later. But at the time, I started going to the doctor and, you know, getting, they would run all these tests, blood tests, you know, and then a lot of people were like, no, everything's fine. Everything's coming back fine. I think <laughs> this is, this is you, always the narrative, isn't this it? This is it, right? This is it. And then I would just get frustrated yeah. and give up. This is part of the narrative also. <laughs> right, right. So it's like, okay, everyone says something's, you know, everything's good. Nothing's yeah. wrong with me. And I know something's up, but then maybe it's just me. Mm. Uh, and I've even tried, um, you know, there's a lot of things that help a lot of people that can do the opposite for other people. Right. So that's why it is frustrating with these autoimmune diseases is there really doesn't seem to be a lot of synchronicity. And there's no like direct protocol. Right. Really. Exactly. Yeah. And that, but that's one of the things now that I love as a health coach is that everyone's body is unique. Mm. So we get to kind of tap into our own bodies and find what we need. Mm. Um, but that journey there can be obviously frustrating. Um, so I remember trying like the apple cider vinegar. Yeah. And doing that regularly, and that just made it so much worse. You're like the first person I've spoken to who has said that apple cider vinegar was I know. not a good thing. Everyone loves it. So, yeah. of, course I was, and of course, I'm like, oh, everyone loves it, and it doesn't work for me. It makes it yeah. worse. So, And then it's like, oh, well, sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. So then I just like suffered through it as long as I could before I was like, no. Yeah, this is me. just not working. And I find out later that I have a higher acidic stomach. So adding more of that wasn't wasn't really helpful. helpful. Um, it's all trial and error, isn't it? <laughs> and then as I came up in um, the fitness world, I met more people who, you know, more nutritionists and other people in the wellness areas who would recommend different things, enzymes to take, bitters to take. Everyone's got a great opinion <laughs> yeah. on that stuff, don't they? <laughs> but I was like, I'll try, try it. <laughs> so, you know, I went through a lot of that mm. um, until I stumbled upon the paleo diet. Mm. I was a CrossFit coach at the time, so that appealed to me. Um and it actually seemed to work really well for my body. It seems to be that from what I understand from the trainers who I speak to mm-hmm. and the health coaches I speak to, paleo is kind of like the go-to for weight loss, for general nutrition. Like it's a very highly regarded way of eating and lifestyle, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think one of the biggest reasons why is it's just eliminating so many of those high anti-inflammatory foods right mm. away. And the good thing about paleo is unlike Whole30, which is much more strict, which if you can start with that is beneficial. Mm. I started with Whole30 and then swayed way back the other way because it was so (laughs) frustrating doing that the first time. But then I I slowly took things out. So I was like, Mm. okay, now no more bread. Now no more rice. Now no more corn. Hmm. Um, And that worked better. And I think when we do things slowly, just like weight loss – that one, when you do it in a slower pace, that it lasts longer. Well, because it's easier to sustain a habit, isn't it? When you really yeah, take your time with it. Absolutely. And people don't realize that that can be a stressor when you take something out mm-hmm. of your diet that your body is used to for an energy source. Absolutely. And we get really quick energy from those carbohydrates and even Bread though- and pasta. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're also delicious. <laughs> uh, but even though they cause that crash, 
your body's used to getting its energy from there very quickly. Mm. So to recalibrate your body takes time and that's a stressor on the body. Yeah. And it affects us mentally and emotionally as well. So doing it step by step helps us adjust to it, not just you know, physically, but on a mental and emotional level. Yeah. And that's where also working with the health health coach, I mean, I was talking to you because I'm thinking about trying AIP, right? Yeah. And it's one of those things where sometimes you just need someone to like sit with you and like look really specifically at either the numbers in the blood work or just the sensations that you're experiencing and also how that's affecting you know, your, your stamina and your irritability throughout the day, because those things are, we're very sensitive to minor changes in our bodies, aren't we? And we don't give ourselves credit for it because we don't really work within a system that makes room for change. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, And that's really important. And the, the support system Mm. in anything that you do in your life, especially if it's something new, I think is extremely important And I would even say it's an integral part of it, being Mm. successful. But even if you don't believe that, it can definitely help sustain you moving towards your goal. Right. And when you were playing around with these diets and like going on to paleo and Mm -hmm. Mm Whole30, were you working with a coach yourself or were you just sort of using your coach brain? (laughs) I was just using my coach brain. So unfortunately or fortunately, I did it pretty much all by myself. Mm. Um, I, you know, I had people along the way, I'd pick their brain or like I said, they gave me recommendations that I tried. And I am grateful for that, even though things didn't work, you know, knowing what doesn't work is also part of the process. Absolutely. Uh, And it helps you kind of narrow down what's going on with your body. So that's always helpful. Um, but I, I did it myself. Um, I've always been pretty disciplined, maybe too disciplined. Um, so that wasn't, that wasn't an issue for me because once I got into those habits, um, the flow pretty much, you know, maintained itself. Hmm. Um, and then I gradually did incorporate other things. So, I mean, my diet isn't really, it's not strictly paleo. It's kind of a blend of multiple diets that I've tried that I've learned work for me. And that's the Hmm. thing about any diet. It's not actually, a protocol that's in a book. That's why I think it's important. You always are checking in with yourself, your Mm. own body, what works for you, adding different foods, paying attention to how they make you feel, how you perform on those foods, how you're sleeping on those foods. Mm. And then you're creating your own unique individual diet. Yeah, absolutely. And what about the use of supplements? Do you also use supplements as to support that diet and to sort of get the nutrition that you need from everything you're eating? I don't generally use supplements um, unless – you know, I'm going through a really high stress period where I know certain vitamins and minerals are depleted more and I'm kind of feeling what's going on there. I won't use supplements, um, but they can be really beneficial. And I, mm. so I have taken them. I generally don't like doing it, um, for a prolonged period of time. Um, but then even with clients, if they obviously have a nutritional deficiency, we're going to fill that gap with a supplement first, if it has to be ongoing, hmm. then that's fine. But we're going to try to close the gap with foods first. Well, and that the idea that a supplement is a Band-Aid, it's not necessarily the cure, is it? It's not necessarily a Band-Aid. It can be in some cases if we hmm. use it that way. I think that there is a place for them. I hmm. definitely believe in them um, depending on what you have going on with your body. Hmm. So 
always, I think the the best thing is to try to fill it in with your diet with high quality whole foods. Mm. Um, and then, you know, different people's bodies absorb or don't absorb things. So then we work with that. So supplements can be very beneficial depending on the circumstance. Absolutely. That makes a lot more yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> and did you discover on your path um, to sort of healing your gut and working through your IBS symptoms, did you find that you needed a personal advocate along the way? I mean, obviously your dad used to rub your belly, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, did you have anyone sort of looking out for you or did you feel that you needed to lean on a community or anything when you were just like, I really need to poop and I can't poop? Like, <laughs> I definitely complained to certain people about yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> certain very close people who yeah. maybe didn't want that information, but they have it. <laughs> Tough shit, <Right>. literally. <laughs> um, I didn't have an advocate or a mentor, and I would have loved to. I don't yeah. think I really thought of it at the time. Um, I also was embarrassed about it. Yeah. You know, it's like you're around other people, you're, you go out to dinner, you're, it's like, you're gassy, you're bloated, you're uncomfortable. Yeah, and it's something that I dealt with for so long that I didn't really talk about it from early on because mm. I didn't really know what was going on with me. It was just kind of this embarrassing thing. And even though I wasn't like really embarrassed as I, you know, started, you know, growing older, it was just something I got used to not talking about. Mm. Um, so I never really found that outlet at the time I was really struggling with it but would have loved to yeah. had, I, had I known a little bit better had I known that so many people suffered from it and there were so many yeah. health coaches out there would have you know maybe sought that out so when were you actually diagnosed with the term IBS that was back in high school after they had run a series of tests um, they did just say, well, you just have the irritable bowel syndrome. And it was basically that the test came back normal, but you were like, everything was coming back normal. But I was like, I get constipated mm. like way too often. Um, and I feel gassy and bloated most of the time I eat anything. Mm. Um, and so they prescribed me Zelnorm. What is that? So it was, it's not available anymore. They took it off oh, the God. market. That right? sounds like it didn't do good <laughs> things to your body then. I was really happy when that happened. Um, so it was a prescription to help with the constipation and mm. irritable bowel symptoms. Right. Um, and it did alleviate it, although I think that if I remember correctly, my prescribed dose was one tablet. They're very small it was way too strong for me. Mm. I would cut it in quarters Whoa. and take a quarter of this teeny tiny pill. And it actually, it did. It relieved my symptoms, but it was also a crutch. I was relying on this thing to help me um, pass gases and go mm. to the bathroom. And back then I wasn't really holistic, naturopathic. That wasn't, those weren't terms I was familiar with. Mm. Um but I just – it didn't feel right to me. I never really stayed on any types of prescriptions when – that's a norm for me. Like when people would prescribe things for me for, for different things, I generally didn't take them. Okay. Um so you were already a little wary. I was, all, I guess, yeah, I just naturally somehow <laughs> I was a little like put off by yeah. that. So I just remember like I would stop taking it and then, you know, I would have the symptoms again, but I would just try to – 
use it as needed. Mm. And then I don't know what really happened. I don't remember. I just kind of stopped taking it. And then I found out years later that they totally took it off. Oh, God. What about like doing like Metamucil or like, you know, taking like fiber shakes? Oh, yeah. Did that? I did all those things. Okay. So you've like experimented with Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the fiber tablets and the stool softeners Mm -hmm. and just drinking like the the lemon water with cayenne. Yeah. Juice fasts. I mean, really when it gets really bad and I'm at my absolute max Mm -hmm. of – Okay, I'm having an episode. Nothing I seem to be doing is working. I'll, I'll fast. I'll strictly the water fast. Oh, interesting. And that's just to yeah. like get things to just move. Yeah, it kind of just gives my digestive system a break. Mm. Um, so intermittent fasting does work for me. I mean, I'm pregnant now, so not <laughs> Yay! a lot of <laughs> now everybody knows. Now everyone knows. <laughs> um, so my diet and all of that has obviously shifted for that purpose. Um, so there's no intermittent fasting now, but, um, generally when I'm not, it's, it is really helpful for me. Interesting. Cause I hear a lot of really good things about intermittent fasting as well. And a lot of people who prescribe, um, you know, keto and paleo diets tend to gravitate in that direction as well. Don't they? Yeah, they do. And there are a lot of studies that show a wide range of benefits from weight loss to, you know, better cognitive thinking. Mm. Um, so it can be really beneficial, but again, it is like a per person. Everyone's basis. different. Right. And isn't it connected to being hunter gatherers and like how we would literally yeah, have that's to where wait the between meals? Yeah. yeah. The premise comes from the fact that back in those days, we went days where we didn't catch anything mm. and there was no food or there were just nuts and berries and you kind of did without. And then, you know, once you, you caught some food, then you were eating again. Yeah. Um, but again, I, there are people who never intermittent fast and they're, they're totally fine. Right. Well, and also because on an evolutionary level, I suppose we're not quite the same yeah. creatures that yeah. we were at that point. Exactly. So every time I hear a justification for paleo, like, you know, yeah. it's the way they did it in the olden days. I'm like, but I'm not in the olden days. Right, you know? right. I'm not a woman. Yep. I'm not. And I'm really proud not yeah. to be. Right. I'm glad. <laughs> really glad. Um, so how do you balance? Cause I, I mean, from the sound of it, you're, you're still dealing with symptoms on a regular oh, yeah, basis, absolutely. right? So how do you balance the demands of work and life mm. with this illness? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you sh- – I mean, obviously you have a, a boss who is in the health field and is like, oh, oh, you need to that like – You need to rest a little? Cool, you can rest. But, right. you know, how how have you managed to like yeah. be a functioning adult human? <laughs> yeah. No, that's a great question because it has taken time to develop – kind of a strategy that works for me. And mm. with a lot of people who suffer from IBS, um, it's best to have small meals more frequently throughout the day, hmm. uh, not to lie down after meals, not to drink water 30 minutes or before or after the meal. What if you're thirsty? You drink a lot between meals. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that's like a really naive question, but, no, I'm, like, you, but I'm thirsty all the time. <laughs> you absolutely can drink it, but it in general, and they've found that it does have an effect on your saliva production and digestive enzyme production. And that's part of the reason um, that it's recommended before I can drink as much as I want. But after a meal, I definitely do wait at least 20 minutes um, okay. beforehand. And same thing for me, lying down after a meal, can't do it. Right. Um, 
don't know why. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Because it's like, yeah. it's just such a slight adjustment of your stomach ultimately. Right. It's not like, right. Like, why would that affect things? But I suppose it also depends on your intestines. And yeah. Your and if I have a sluggish system yeah. and it's not moving. Yeah. So for me, a big thing is meal prepping hmm. so that I have snacks on hand. Cause another thing is, is once I've started my digestive system going, if I wait too long before I eat my next meal and then I eat, then I'll have more issues and yeah. symptoms as well. You're being really ladylike about <laughs> more quote unquote more issues I'm and like, symptoms. Wait, should I just it's talk about shit? I'm super gassy. No, mine's the opposite. Oh, the I'm gassy. gassy. That's right. And yeah. bloated, but it's not going anywhere, right? So it's like I almost would rather, but of course I'm sure both sides would yeah. say they'd rather the other side. I know. Right? I think everyone would rather be the right. grass is always greener. Of course, of course. So it's really about Eating on a schedule, having snacks and food on hand, especially stuff that's healthy mm. so that I'm not trying to source healthy food while I'm running around the city because right. it makes it harder. And also for anybody, if you're hungry and you're looking for food, you're more likely to come up with an unhealthy option. Yep. Um, this is where momming is going to be like a really easy transition for you, right? Be like, I already have the snacks. I've got everything. She can have some of mine. Yeah. Um, and so just being prepared on, mm. on a daily basis is and the does biggest that, thing. Do you have like a meal prep day every week that you... I actually don't. And I never have. And I talk to people about meal prepping and I usually either tell them once a week or twice a week mm -hmm. where they can, you know, prep everything. They have it on hand. I do it daily. Mm. I... And... And that's what works for you. It works for me. So yeah. I, cause I make a dinner at night. I make sure I make enough so that there's some leftovers. Mm -hmm. Um, if anything's going to go for more than two days, I put it in the freezer. It generally doesn't. I love leftovers. <laughs> um, they taste better. <laughs> they do. They do. Especially soups and stew. Yeah. Um, and then that morning I'll do, cause I always have at least one salad a day. So mm -hmm. that's when I'll do all like my veggie chopping for the salad. Cause what I want changes. Hmm. And I do listen to the cravings of my body. Right. Um, so, you know, recently I went through a period where I just wanted beets. I hmm. wanted beets and arugula and I wanted them a lot. So I let myself have that. They go well together. They do. They go very well together. <laughs> so I like to listen to those things. And I know it's just like a week in advance, but I don't know on Sunday what I want to eat on Thursday. Yeah. And I really enjoy eating. Mm. So that's one thing that if I really want something, I'm, I'm going to give it to myself. This episode is sponsored by Ember Wave, the intelligent bracelet that helps control how you experience temperature. I'm heat sensitive because of my Hashimoto's and medications. And this device has been a lifesaver. Using patented technology, it cools or warms the temperature sensitive skin on your wrist, creating a natural response in your body and mind that helps you thermally adjust in minutes. The Wave was selected by Time Magazine as one of 2018's best inventions. But because the technology is new, it can be pricey. So for those of you with mounting medical costs to consider, the team at Ember offer a payment plan in partnership with a firm. And because you also listen to Uninvisible, they're offering you $30 off. Go to emberlabs.com, that's E-M-B-R labs.com, enter code INVISIBLE at checkout, and experience personal thermal wellness on a whole new level with me. 
So this whole process going through all of these symptoms and and <laughs> using like your meal prep and your food to, yeah. to control your symptoms and the yeah. only way that you really can, how has it changed your relationship to food? Because you say you love eating. Like, have yeah. you always loved eating? Have you gone through periods where you've been like, I can't eat this stuff and it's my favorite, you know? Like, yeah. I think, um, well, my father was a chef. So, oh, wow. And my mother's Italian. So we always, <laughs> we always ate really well. Yeah. Um, so I've always loved food, maybe even just got spoiled mm-hmm. about always eating really good food. So with that's, an Italian mama. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of been one of the reasons why I make sure that I give myself the, I think good quality food and healthy food could also mm. be really delicious food. Yeah. And so I think it's important for me that I combine all of those together. Mm. Um, so food, I think I've generally had a healthy relationship to food. Um, I think now I'm more grateful for all of the fresh options we have. Yeah. Um, and living here in LA, there are I mean, and also a plethora of options. Grateful for my mom forcing me to eat my vegetables when mm. I was younger because I love them. And one of the common misconceptions about paleo is that it's meat, meat, meat. It's actually not like at its root. Mm. It was uh, mostly vegetable based, a lot of dark leafy greens, mm. and not a huge percentage of protein. And that is harder on the digestive system too. So mm. that's important to know. Um, Especially when I'm having an episode, it's more like eggs and fish than meat mm, at all. Interesting. So lighter. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I pay more attention to the food I eat and right. that awareness, I think, makes me more grateful. And it's also an opportunity to be more grounded because I'm really big into mindful eating. Right. And we actually have a recent blog post on that. It's actually helped me build not just a better relationship to food, but just to the earth Mm. and all that it really provides for us and being grateful for the animals that give their life to us. And when you're more focused on that, I think for me anyway, it helps to ground me and balance me and bring me more at peace so that I can kind of enjoy my meal more, which like Mm. helps with digestion when you're more relaxed. Yeah. Um, So that's another thing that I talk to with clients is about mindful eating, Mm. eating seated at a table, chewing really thoroughly, giving thanks for your food, like little things like that. And we're eating so often throughout the day. It's something we do on a regular basis Mm. that if you can incorporate mindful eating, it's just like a really nice way to pause. And it's not just about the food. It's also – with yourself connecting to your own body and recognizing how the food nourishes you and that's also how you find out what your triggers are Mm. it's like when i'm in touch with my body while i'm eating then i know okay this doesn't sit right with me this isn't every time i eat this thing i feel a little more bloated than usual or i get really tired afterwards and that's really important to know those those food sensitivities i mean you can figure them out without Getting doing a test, right? Although, are there p- specific tests that you would recommend to clients and like to anyone who's like, I think I have a sensitivity to dairy, but like, yeah. I'm not sure. Like, are there specific companies or tests that you would recommend? Yeah, we do them at Vitality Health Center. We run different um, labs. Uh, we prefer to do them through blood instead of mm. through the skin, just because it's more accurate that right. we found. Um, so that's beneficial, and also. 
Oftentimes I find that people get food allergy tests, but not the food sensitivity tests. Which are different. They are. So the allergy test, you, I mean, you find out and if you ate that food, you would get sick very quickly. You'd have symptoms. Mm. Um, but sensitivities can actually wreak havoc on your body over a longer period of time without you even knowing it. Because mm. at first it might just cause a little inflammation in the body. You might not even feel that. Like at all the first right. few times, but it has a cumulative effect, mm. um, which can cause discomfort. And sometimes it is just mild bloating. And so you don't know if it's, oh, I ate too much or I ate too fast. So the food sensitivities, I think, are actually more important mm. because the food allergies, I feel like we learn pretty quickly in life yeah. that we're allergic to that food. If you go into anaphylactic shock, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty hard to mess. <laughs> so I think the food sensitivities actually have a cumulative effect that mm. we're not aware of. So that's really beneficial to get those sensitivity tests done. Right. Okay. Um. And I mean, we talked a little bit about like balancing work and life and like mm-hmm. trying to function, right? Mm-hmm. Like with all of these symptoms going on. Have you often or have you ever been confronted to sort of be forced to justify that like you've got something going on? Aside from your doctors, you ran tests and said, everything looks great. (laughs) You know, it's funny you say that because I feel like for so long I suffered with it Mm. that I just suffered through it. Like school was so difficult for me when Mm. I look back on it because you had breakfast before you went to school. And then you didn't have anything until lunchtime. And then you didn't have anything till you went home. So you literally just had those three meals. And I was a grazer. Yeah. I still am a grazer. So I eat small portions because I get full very quickly. But then I also get hungry again very quickly. Mm -hmm. So I was hungry a lot. And like even the hunger would make me gassy and bloated. Yeah. And then once you eat, the gas and bloating is even worse. So I generally feel like... For most of my life, I just kind of suffered through it. And you're very lucky because you managed to escape ending up with an eating disorder to try to control all of these symptoms too, aren't you? Because I imagine that's quite a common thing among anyone who has a kind of gut issue. Yeah. I think part of that probably came from um, eating such good food with my family, eating was such a big part of the culture, you know, Greek and Italian. So it's a lot of – these Greek and Italian, guys. So there's a lot of – community, family happening around a table of food. Yeah. So I think for me that was – maybe I was lucky that way. Um, I definitely experimented a lot with diets and like I said, the juice fasts. For me, like not eating, I mean, would just be too difficult. Yeah. You know, I did it – I've done, like I said, water fasts for a time – to get the symptoms under control. But that was as a, a diet, not – it was a short-term thing. It wasn't like yeah. a lifestyle choice to just have water. Exactly. And, I mean, I, I get it, though, with people who struggle um, – Well, I imagine you have clients who have struggled with eating disorders across the board. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And because it does change your relationship to food. It changes mm. your relationship with yourself, with your body. Um, and then – I'll I'll admit that when I was fasting, that's when my stomach felt the best other than the hunger pains because I wasn't bloated like I was. So I felt – in a way, I felt lighter. Yeah. So – that is it could have been a part. dark experience, right? But it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see why people would do that just for the, the comfort of it and the break from it. The relief. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and has your experience – I mean, obviously, you've turned into a health coach. Mm-hmm. Um, what about, you know, further advocacy um, in terms of IBS and, and 
you know, gut issues, digestive mm-hmm. problems. Um, I imagine your experience has sort of informed a lot of what you do now, right? Yeah, for sure. I feel for me, the biggest pull has been, I usually see digestive problems coupled with depression, anxiety, insomnia. And don't those things start in your gut? Exactly. <laughs> so, and I, I used to think, I used to think of things as like a tree where we need to get to the root of the problem to dig it out. Mm. But the more I've practiced, I feel like it's a circle. And really, if any one of those things is out of balance, it's not a circle anymore. <laughs> it can, it can, it can trigger a whole series of events. Interesting. So it's not really one thing. If you have IBS and you're eating everything quote unquote right. Right. If you go a few nights where you have a lot of stress, so you don't sleep well, that can trigger a whole episode. Wow. So that part needs to be, I don't want to say managed, but we need to be made aware of that and how those other factors are affecting the whole, the whole cycle. And that's what you're doing with your clients is yeah. helping them through that. Yeah. So if they have really bad anxiety, mm. well, we need to address that too. We don't just want to address your food because your anxiety is going to affect your digestion yeah. regardless of what you eat. Now, do you find that specific stressors um, tend to be more prevalent in women than in men or um, specific eating issues or gut issues? Are, is there a gender divide? There is. And in autoimmune diseases in general, hmm. they're primarily women are the ones who suffer. Yep. And women tend to be more aware of their emotions. Um, I mean, some of these are like generalizations now. So Slippery yeah, slope. With everything that's going on in the, <laughs> in, in the current political climate, I feel like it's a fair, fair thing to say. I'll admit, I'm a woman, and I know that I am more emotional and sensitive and aware of my feelings, and I can feel when that affects my digestion. Yeah. And I know when that's affecting my sleep. Yeah. And I know when my stress level is affecting my my digestion. I can feel how they're all related. And do you think it's easier to talk about it because you're female too? That like we sort of seek, we seek a, a group to sort of unload on, whereas maybe it's not quite the same for men. Maybe. I feel like I've actually struggled with some of that myself, mm. just maybe because of the way I was raised or. Well, and dealing with invisible symptoms, right? Exactly. And. And stigma. Right. Like, I mean, when you're a teenager and you have IBS and you're dating, it's not like, oh, by the way. I have to hold in my farts right now. <laughs> no. I'll tell a funny story that I, my very first boyfriend, I remember he'd always want me to stay longer. And I was like, no, 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 I have to go. And it was because I would get to my car and finally release all the gas that I was holding. I was like, no, I got to go. Like, I've been holding it enough. I'm at my max. Yeah. Peace out. Just got to see you later. Did right. he know? No, I don't think he ever knows. He ever knew. <laughs> he does no. now. <laughs> he does now. <laughs> so, I mean, we're we're talking about these invisible symptoms and the stigma attached to them. How important is it that we talk about invisible illness? Is talking part of fixing it culturally at the very least? I've, I'm a little hesitant to say fix mm. um, just because I feel like that creates a mental – that can cre- create a mental block towards – a solution. Yeah. It's really just how we respond to what's happening. I think talking about it is extremely important and it can be really significant in 
creating a support system because mm-hmm. like I said, I didn't even know I could reach out to an advocate or have someone support me through the process. Mm-hmm. So you've and, been lucky <laughs> and having that is, can be a huge help and just a relief. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think knowing that you're not alone is always really helpful with anything that you're going through. Mm-hmm. And because so little is known about this stuff, it can be so frustrating. And I think venting that is helpful. Yeah. And in terms of, I mean, we, I know we've talked about how you're like on pretty much a paleo diet with some alterations here and Mm -hmm. there. Do you cheat? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And what are your, do you have like some favorite cheats? Give me your top three favorite indulgences, I should say, right? Okay. I'll give you what's now Mm. because I know we talked about it a little bit last time. Mm. Um, Let's see. The latest cheat I had was a donut, a sidecar donut. So it's like a gourmet donut. They're pretty good. Aren't they? Are they on Abbott Kinney? They're on Wilshire. Oh, on Wilshire. Okay. Yeah. In downtown Santa Monica. Oh my. Little plug for sidecar. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Was it worth it? (laughs) So this is interesting. No. Calliope's pausing. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. And I usually feel that way after a cheat. So this is actually, I was going to mention this before. This is actually how Paleo Treats was born. The paleo dessert company that I have that's sort of in a jump starty place. <laughs> for spell, lack of a spell, the, spell paleo treats for so us. Paleo treats, C H R E A T S. So it's Get like that, a guys. cheat and a treat. That's exactly what it is. I love it. <laughs> I'm so creative. I, I think it's really cute. <laughs> Uh, I get a kick out of it, so I'm really glad you enjoy it. Uh, yeah. Um, that's how that came about because mm-hmm. I was like, I can have delicious food and I don't have to suffer for it. Yeah. And it can be healthy. I mean, some of the, you know, yes, they're still like sweetened with dates and, you know, maple syrup sometimes, but it's mostly sweetened with fruit. Mm-hmm. And yes, there's nuts that are cooked, so you want to limit them still, mm-hmm. but you don't feel i don't feel heavy or bloated or, and even people who have eaten them who don't follow a specific diet mm. a love them cuz they're good and they say that they don't feel as heavy they don't feel as gross quote unquote so it's like that's what i mean where like people have sensitivities mm. to these like saturated fats the bad cooking oils the you know starches and yeah. simple carbs that we eat people have reactions to those whether they have IBS or an autoimmune disease, it's right. just to a varying degree. So I I would prefer to have a paleo pumpkin pie because it doesn't make me feel like garbage afterwards and yeah. I'm actually getting some nutrition from it. Yeah, really. That's really interesting. And in in terms of those those treats, the mm-hmm. CH, the CH car. <laughs> E-A-T-S treats. Do you have some favorites? Like your favorite, you know, um, recipes that you make? Yeah. My pumpkin pie is absolutely my favorite. I'm going to want that recipe because we're, yeah. we're not too far we're, from we're Thanksgiving. We're not too far from Thanksgiving because it has a pecan crust. Oh, yum. So I think that pairs much better with pumpkin than – It's like having pecan whatever. pie and pumpkin pie. So that – You only need the one. <laughs> yeah. And I love pumpkin. So I'm super excited about pumpkin season. Mm. I'm also super excited about carving a pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> I, it took me everything not to buy all the mini pumpkins <laughs> yes. at Whole Foods the other day. The fantasy pumpkins. I was like, am I Cinderella? What am I doing here? <laughs> I 
<laughs> how many do I need? I know. Is that, I was like, how many can I fit on my doorstep without scaring all the local strays? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then I have a gingerbread muffin that I really love. Oh, wow. That sounds yeah. So it, it sounds like they're like sort of warm fall treats though, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are the ones I'm thinking of now. I mean, I have um, a fruit tart that mm. I love doing um, more – you know, spring, summer. Yeah. Um, Cause you can always alter the fruits to make it seasonal. Um, a p- plum upside down cake. I which love is- plums. Stone fruit oh, season is just my favorite. Oh, good to know. Good yeah. to know. <laughs> um, and then of course the classic like chocolate chip cookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, gotta have those. Yeah. And um, what about, I mean, we've talked about like, treats Mm -hmm. and cheat foods Mm -hmm. as it were Mm -hmm. do you have um any other sort of like secret indulgences or like comfort activities Mm. oh comfort activities like if you're having a flare-up what do you do to make yourself feel better lessen my physical activity intensity Hmm. so i'll go for leisurely walks at the beach or through a garden. That sounds nice. <laughs> and kind of, cause usually I'll push myself a little more in the workout mm. arena. Yeah. Um, cause I do like HIIT workouts. Um, and that's high intensity interval training. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And I think you get a more bang for your buck, which yeah. is also helpful. Um, but I'll make time to just go for a really nice, nice walk instead of pushing it. That's one of the biggest things that I just, I just love being surrounded by trees and nature. So it's also like very comforting. Mm. Another, I, I will chew gum more when I'm having a flare up. Hmm. I never chew gum, but What's for some about? reason, I don't know. Does I, it help you feel like you're like digesting better? I wonder if it's like a, because chewing. Like mastication and then your digestive system. Yeah, I kind of. Is there anything else that you like to do when you're having a flare up? Like take a nap or. Resting more is really yeah. important because I will get flare-ups when I'm not sleeping as much. Oh, interesting. So that's definitely a trigger for me. If I've mm. gone a few nights in a row where I haven't gotten a full night's rest, mm. I'll start feeling that in my digestion right away. Oh, okay. So Even without rest. eating, I'll be more bloated if rest I'm not well-rested. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and um, what would your top three tips be mm-hmm. for someone who suspects they might have a digestive issue like IBS. Mm-hmm. Um, always go to your doctor first. Mm-hmm. Get all the proper tests done just to rule out anything else, you know, really serious. And doctors are pretty good, at least with IBS at this point. Like yeah. a GP is pretty good at being like, yeah, I can test you for that. Most people know by now. And if something more serious is going on, you know, you can get referred to a gastro. Mm-hmm. So get the medical attention you need. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously always promote like holistic, homeopathic options, but you have to rule out the serious stuff. Right. Um, other than that, start – Looking into food sensitivities, mm. um, eating more mindfully so that you can identify your own, whether you're getting lab tested or not. Um, but I think that's really important to identify what foods work for you and don't work for you. Because mm. like I said, it's, it's you know, cumulative. Absolutely. Um, and the other thing would be personal care. Hmm. What does that look like to you? Getting plenty of rest. Hmm. Um, managing your relationships. 
Mm. Which ones make you feel good? Which ones don't make you feel good? Which is like when you really look at it that way, this makes me feel good or this makes me feel bad, Mm -hmm. is sometimes a simpler simpler way to figure it out than it seems. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we know that if we really just sit and think about that person. Yeah. We know instantly that's not really good for me. Or like that's stressing me out. I can't do right, that. Yeah. Right. And that's part of managing our stress. Mm. So realistically, does your schedule work for you? Does your social life work for you? Does your work life work for you? Mm. And if you know the answer is no, it's like, okay, what's the first step I can take? Right. Because it's going to be baby steps. Mm-hmm. And then making time to pamper yourself, whatever that is. I mean, it doesn't have to be expensive luxury spa day. It could be, I'm going to have a bubble bath. I'm going to paint my nails. I'm going to set aside 30 minutes to read my favorite book. I'm going to journal, whatever Mm. it is that makes you feel, uh, yeah. And you're a big proponent of meditation for that as well, aren't you? I am. Yeah. Meditation is very grounding and it feels like a hug for me. Mm. It just feels like just focusing on my breath. I just feel like it brings me home. Do you have a favorite like form of meditation that you do? Yeah, Vipassana is my favorite. What's that? Um, it's a mindfulness technique mm. that was um, what the Buddha practiced and taught. Mm. And it is the meaning of the word Vipassana is seeing things as they really are. And it's sitting in silence with your eyes closed and there's a whole technique to it. And they have a website, dhamma.org, hmm. um, that people can check out for information and they do courses. Wow. Um, so I, I really love it. I'll, really I'll cool. let them explain the technique. Just yeah. so <laughs> let the experts get <laughs> yeah, them all in. Exactly. Yeah. And um, if anyone wants to find you and your work, um, mm-hmm. what's the best way to find you? They can pop on over to the Vitality <laughs> Health Center in Santa Monica yes. if they are in the area. The VitalityHealthCenter.com. Um, they can also find us on Facebook. Yeah. They can also find me on Facebook under Authentically Calliope, C-A-L-L-I-O-P-E. Love it. And then they can get Paleo Treats recipes on Facebook as well. Um, the Paleo Treats, C-H-R-E-A-T-S Facebook page. That's awesome. And do you ship all over the country? We don't. It's just local okay. right now. But you never um, know. But you never know. <laughs> exactly. And maybe if you know someone locally, you can have it sent to them and they can tell you how it is. And- sure, yeah. <laughs> they can fly awesome. it to you if you yes, have a friend can, yeah. who's coming home for the holidays. You yeah. know, whatever. This time of year, it's sort Get of a creative. perfect time to think of it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And there's a lot of recipes on there. So if you like to bake, you're yeah. not just like, I'm going to hoard all these recipes for myself. You're like, no. I'll give you some yeah. recipes. Well, that's how it started. I just started a recipe page because I was baking and experimenting in the kitchen and I had a couple of my friends post on the page um I don't want to bake anything why don't you bring us some (laughs) why don't you do it (laughs) and I was like okay I can bring you some and I was like wait a second the holidays are coming (laughs) you can pay me to make your pie And we all need those multiple streams of income. God Why not? It. Why not? Yeah. Well, Calliope, thank you so much for being on the show again with us today. Of course. It was my so pleasure. great talking to you about IBS and, <laughs> and your work in the health field. And um, I'm sure if this is any indication, we will be having you on again very soon. Oh, I would love that. It was always a pleasure to see you. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> 
that's it, folks. Thanks for listening. As always, please check us out online at uninvisiblepod.com and all over the social media world at uninvisiblepod. We love your feedback and suggestions, so please drop us a line via the website if you have questions, ideas for topics to cover in future episodes, or just want to say hello. We're all about relationships and collaboration here, so credit where credit is due. Music for this episode is by Sean Hart, who can be found at seanhart.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts.